to Robin and Joa Save the World, One Book at a Time, a spoiler-free podcast sponsored by the good folks at Koros Books. That's Koros with a Q. Hello, everyone. I'm Joa. And I'm Robin. Welcome to another episode of the Robin and Joa podcast. Dun, dun, dun. How are you today, Joa? I am good. I'm excited about our topic today. I'm excited about our topic (laughs) too. Should we should we start with a story time? Let's start with a story time. So as you all know, I have an undefined number of children. (laughs) My children, it's like they want to be in witness protection. They have talked to me time and time again about, do not talk about me, do not mention me. (laughs) So at different times, Joa, I'll tell a story. And sometimes I'll say, oh, I had four kids in the backseat, you know, or, you know, I was trying to corral five kids. Or sometimes I'll say, you know, and I was at the store with like one kid and people are like, did you lose children? I know. How many kids does Robin have? How many kids? But I had foster kids, you know? So it's like, it's all true. And I never lost a child, by the way. Just, I want to be very clear about that. To my memory, I never lost a child. But anyway, when my kids were small, my undefined, unmentionable number of children, <laughs> they really are sensitive about that. Uh, I used to spend a lot of time like looking up books for them, right? And I heard about this wonderful book. It was called And Tango Makes Three by Peter oh. Parnell and Justin Richardson. And Tango Makes Three is the cover. And on the cover, there's these cute two little penguins kind of cuddled over or huddled over this beautiful little baby penguin down at the bottom. It is so darling. And, you know, so, of course, I ordered this. Of course, I ordered this book and we used to read it. And it I thought it was the most wholesome story I had ever read. And the first time I read it, I cried a little I, I, reading it to my children because it's a story of two dads being nurturing to a child. Tear up right now. See? Aww. And, you know, we don't see that enough. We don't see enough dads being – a lot of times I think in the media we see dads caring, physically caring for a child – And we stand up and applaud and we're very excited. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's all wonderful. I don't mean to take away from that at all. But to see a man nurture a child and emotionally care for a child and really cherish a child, it's a really beautiful thing to see. And it's not always what we see in the media. And when I saw it in this book, I, I just, and friends, Soon after I bought this book, it was banned as being impure and unwholesome. And Aww. I can't, I, I was so surprised. I, I was genuinely shocked. And I wondered if perhaps the people who banned it hadn't read it. I've, I've heard I, of that. Yeah, that sometimes um, 
parent groups or, or so forth that want to ban some, and this is in the US, by the way. So when I'm talking about this experience, I'm talking about the US, not the UK or other countries. Um, cause I don't know what's happening over there, but, um, in the U S sometimes, um, parents don't necessarily read the book, but they hear of things about the book and then they may feel that it's just stuff that they wouldn't want their kids to read and they get together in a group and then, um, try to ban it from the schools or the libraries. That was kind of an interesting eye opening moment for me, um, and then I started looking around to see what else was banned that was a child's <laughs> book or a children's book. And I found this book called King and King. Ah. So I investigated. <laughs> <laughs> and soon enough, <laughs> I was the proud owner <laughs> of a book called, of a banned book called King and King. And it was a fairy tale. And it was a beautifully oh, nice. illustrated fairy tale um, about a lonely king who was searching for someone he could be his self, him, himself with, for someone he could be himself with. And again, it was a beautiful story, very well drawn. There was an art style that was just magical or is an art. It's still for sale. There's an art style that's just magical. And it was a, a simple story because it's a story for children, right? It's a perfect picture book story. I'm writing it so I can Google it. King and King. It's on Goodreads too. Yeah. And you know, I, I loved it. And there is a sequel to it, which I couldn't find. I'm not sure the sequel is still available. But I also bought the, we also bought the sequel. And they're just <laughs> beautiful stories. You know, they're, it's kind of like that fantasy royalty world, that fairy tale world. And king and king, the king finds someone who he can be himself with. This is really a book, a picture book, if you can imagine, a book for small wow, children. Yeah. So this is quite an achievement about the fact that you can be yourself and you can be in yourself and not be lonely and you can find genuine, authentic companionship. I, I also thought this book was a triumph, both in its art style and in all the meaning they were able to put into a children's book of like, you know, two amazing. sentences on each page. And like, how many pages are in a children's book? Like 20, 22, yeah, 24, yeah. that many. So, oh, all of these beautiful books. Oh, you I'm going to get it and gift it now. It sounds amazing. Get it and gift it, Joa. Get it and gift it. Oh, oh, beautiful. Just beautiful, beautiful, wonderful books. Have you read I, any I wish banned books? <laughs> yeah, I, I have. But I mean, so I wish I would have read King and King growing, you know, when I was a little kid and, and let me know that it was okay to be me. Because um, I, I get so, and I don't know if we've talked about it before, I get so depleted when I feel like I have to go into certain social situations and put on a mask. That's what I call it. Um, just so that way, so that way I can fit in into that specific situation. And it just, it depletes my energy. Um, just because of that. And I think that that is like, it stems from that idea that um, perhaps being me is not, um, 
the best thing to show off in certain situations. And um, that's why I say I wish I would have had this book as a kid. But you know what? Now I'm going to get two. I'm going to buy one for me and I'm going to buy one for my uh, my children. So that way they can read it and they they can know that they're just perfect just the way they are. I love that. Yes, exactly. This is amazing. Um, I love these episodes where we talk about books, by the way, Robin, before I discuss the banned books that I have read. Um, because I think we both figure out things to add to our TBR. And um, mm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Whenever we do these episodes, we're like, look, now I wrote King and King, you know, so there, there I go, you know, going to go into my Amazon card and buy it. Right. Um, so, yeah. OK, so let me tell you. So story time for me. Right. So when we were discussing right before we started recording that um, this will be the topic for today. I went and did a, a bit of a Google and I went into the American Library Association, otherwise known on the website as ALA.org. And I went in there to see, okay, so what are these banned books? Because I know uh, for us on episode 34, there is room for all of us. Um, we talked about All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson. We did a buddy read on that one. And that was a great book. It's a memoir. And, um, and it was, it, it was amazing. And the fact that we got to kind of read and experience, well, not experience, but we got to read and learn, um, from someone who did such a well job writing about their experience and, and the things that they learn in the trajectory of, of their life thus far, because they're still very young. So I'm, I'm pretty sure there's going to be other memoirs coming on and, and just how that reflects in the society that that he's in that I'm in and here in the US and I think as someone who may not be part of that experience reading about it help us to learn about it and help us to empathize and and um, see that other person as human and I think at the end of the day that that's what I want to get from every single book or at the very least every single nonfiction book and I feel that we I'm going to assume here and say that we both got that from this book when oh, we read absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, for, absolutely. For the podcast. And while seeing the, the top 10 banned books in the US, this is the US, by the way, for the year of 2020, Robin, I realized that I have read <laughs> that I have read four out of the 10 and, and two came from my MFA program from the uh, from National University. So kudos National University for <laughs> Making me read these amazing band books. Uh, they were so these band books here. I, I got to tell you, they won awards. They are well written books. So I hope that's not a misconception that because something is banned is because they're poorly made or or something like that. I hope um, we don't have that misconception because these were well written works of art, I should say. Um, and and the two that I'm talking about. And I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it before with you, Robin, is Speak by Lori House Anderson and The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexi. <gasps> yes, I cannot speak enough good things about these two books. They, they touch me in very different ways. So Speak is a heavy book. And it's a realistic, heavy book that doesn't have a cookie cutter ending. Um, and it just speaks about, you know, how a child will experience that kind of trauma that is discussed there and how that manifests into their lives. But it also gives hope as to how you can overcome those things as well. 
all. And that is all that I will say, you know, because I think everybody should read this book anyway. So I'm not going to give it any spoilers, but please read it. I mean, it is well-written. It is so realistic and it is just, it spoke to me. Um, let's just say that. And I cannot say enough good things about the absolutely true diary of a part-time Indian that just rolls off the tongue. And I love long titles. Hint, hint. <laughs> Do you? Didn't know that about you, Joa. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, uh, so this is a book and I call it a work of art, just like speak, because this book has illustrations as well. Um, but it's not illustration as in a young child book. It's more like illustrations that look like scribbles as to what a character will scribble down as they're going through things, you know, and um, maybe you've experienced that or other kids or other adults have experienced that when, when you're going through things, you want to scribble, you want to, uh, you know, um, for me, all I've scribbled is stick figures. So I'm not this artistic, like the character here in this book, but it is such a great book. And, and I am a person that really knows very little about, uh, they call it the rest. Uh, Indian reservations and how that community is and, you know, and, and, and the things that they do and, and maybe some things that they experience. And I got to see that through this character's eyes. And I felt so honored to, to have learned just a little bit in a fictionalized manner, you know, um, of course. And, and that's another reason why I love fiction books about things that I know nothing about, because at the end I get to do my Google um, search. I wouldn't call research because that's not necessarily research. Um, but I Google a little bit more about um, Reservation Live. I Googled a little bit more about um, the specific tribes <laughs> that are, you know, um, described here and all of that. And um, and I Google the author, of course, to to learn a little bit more about their, their background and, and their experiences as well. So that way I can kind of see how that is tied into their writing. And um, and, and all in all, these books just spoke to me, made me laugh, made me cry. Most importantly, made me learn more about the human experience from experiences that I may not have experienced myself. I'm going to read the book description from Goodreads for The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexi, Ellen Forney illustrator. Best-selling author Sherman Alexi tells the story of Junior, a budding cartoonist growing up on the Spokane Indian Reservation. Determined to take his future into his own hands, Junior leaves his troubled school on the reservation to attend an all-white farm town high school where the mm -hmm. only other Indian is the school mascot. Yes. Har heartbreaking, funny, and beautifully written. Yes. The absolutely true diary of a part-time Indian, which is based on the author's own experiences, coupled with poignant drawings by Ellen Forney that reflect the character's art, chronicles the contemporary adolescence of one Native American boy as he attempts to break away from the life he was destined mm -hmm. to live. Oh, that's lovely. It is It is a lovely book. I, I recommend that for everyone. You don't have to be a kid to read this book. Obviously, I, I wasn't a kid when I read it. Um, <laughs> but it's just... It is so, I love a book that can make me laugh and cry at the same time and give me all those emotions. And, and this is that book. So um, I don't know why it's banned. Um, well, I do know because I have it here on the American Library Association. Uh, yet, like I said, this is an important book to read. And, um, and, and regardless of what it says here, I think they banned it because of profanity, right? And other things like that. I'm like, Come on now, read it. It's it's amazing. 
and the art is amazing. The illustration is amazing. It's interesting, Joa, when you bring up All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson, which is a memoir, mm -hmm. and Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexie, which is essentially, in, it's informed by his own life anyway. Mm -hmm. It's not a memoir per se, but it's informed by his life. These are their lived experiences. Yeah. And so we're going to say their lived experiences aren't okay, aren't valuable, aren't. <laughs> I know that's the same. So that's the same thought that I, that I have, especially when it comes to memoirs, mm -hmm. uh, because I'm like, so it, it's almost like they're discounting their life. You know, whoever is making the decisions to ban this book. Yeah. And um, in a way, it's almost like they're erasing it as well, or they want to erase it. Mm. And um, and that's a bit problematic for me as well, mm -hmm. um, because I feel like we all have a right to live our lives as long as it's not harming anyone on our or ourselves, and um, to able to speak of that life, um, you know. And maybe we can trust the consumer to mm -hmm. know what's best for themselves yeah. and make their own decisions. Maybe yeah. we can trust that that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> And let me tell you, so I had a conversation about banned books with my, with my baby, um, my 19 year old baby in college already. <laughs> uh, so and, and he told me the same thing. Uh, he was like, well, it, if they're banned, it just makes me want to read it even more. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, and that's exactly what I did. And he looked at me with this, uh, a small little hint of pride in his eyes. And I'm like, oh, oh. That Mom, love. Yeah, yeah. I showed my son that I'm a rebel because I read banned books <laughs> and I have them in my own personal library. Joa, when I was thinking yes. about this episode, I thought, my God, finally, <laughs> finally, I can use one thing I can do well for the revolution. <laughs> yes, we're part of the revolution. We're reading banned books, people. <laughs> I've been training my whole life for this. Yes. Oh my God. You made me want to put like my Rambo, like Thita, the red, you know, Thita across my, uh, my head. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> this we're good at. This we can do. Yes. <laughs> this is how we start the revolution. This is, this, <laughs> this is how we participate actively. <laughs> yes. Do you imagine now Friends, I know a little secret about Joa, and I know that she has another <laughs> book back in the wings. You can look forward I to sure that later. Do. Yeah, I have two now, Robin. I got to tell mm -hmm. you, yeah, you have two back in the wings. I have aside, two now. Yeah, aside, aside from, from the Mrs. Franchi. Yeah, aside from Mrs. Franchi. Yes, I started drafting okay. another one. Oh, that's crazy, huh? Yeah. What are the odds that we would start a podcast as two strangers who never met, who both? <laughs> Both have a closet full of unpublished finished books. <laughs> we are the same person. <laughs> what a quinky dink. <laughs> oh my gosh. Except I'm so much older. But um, wow, two in the wings. You really took my breath away. Here I thought I was, you know, so smart and telling everyone a little secret about your secret book. But oh, <laughs> secret from me too. Okay. Uh, do you foresee any of your books? Can you imagine a world in which any of your books, your many books on the closet, <laughs> your secret books, would be banned? 
Oh God, yes. Especially the the this one that I'm writing right now, and that and that went through my head, um, just because of the topic there, and it's something that is near dear to my heart, and um, and I was like, yeah, I can see this, especially in Texas, right? Um, mm. you, you need to Google what's happening in Texas when it comes to um banned books. Yeah, yeah, for sure, this one, because th this one. I'm at a point in my life where I'm I'm more introspective and um, I'm becoming more self-aware of of who I am now based on the experiences that I've lived before. And and as artists, and you know this, Robin, and any other artist that is listening to the podcast, you know this that that just it bleeds into into the art. It, it bleeds into what we do in one way or another. It's gonna bleed. It's gonna go in there. And it me, it just it reflects in the stories. It reflects in the the traumas and the characters. It it just it reflects in the environment that they're in. Um, um, that is very much part of who, what I've experienced and and who I am. And and I don't know. I don't know how to how to separate the two. I don't know how to separate me and my art. Um, I haven't figured that out. I don't know if that is something that I will figure it out later on. Um, but essentially, yes, because a lot of the things that I've lived through are considered um, not culture for American society right now. Um, but yeah, it, it, there are things in my art. Yeah. See, I have so many thoughts and feelings about that because I think that it's the individuality of experience that makes a book more interesting, right? So mm -hmm. if your story is the same as the last story I read, as the story before that and the story before that, you know, it, it's not fascinating after a while, right? It's yeah, just repetitive. Yeah. But it's like all the spark and all the magic that makes you, you. And then you put it into a book. Even if the book is fiction, you are in that book. We all know it. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, you're completely right. Yeah. 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 By doing yeah. the cookie cutter thing, right? Like you said. Right. Um, yeah. We're taking away that spark. Yeah. Absolutely. And the beauty. You know, there's so much beauty in individuality. There's so much that's interesting about the individual person. And we all have our little preconceived notions, right? Our little boxes. We look yeah. at someone, we see an older person, right? We think, oh, they're not good with technology. Oh, well, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, sometimes mm -hmm. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no, but, but like, then you see them on the Instagram. Look, I'm so yeah. old on the Instagram. Or they're a YouTuber, you know, uh, yes. with videos and stuff like that. And you're or like, TikTok. all right. Or TikTok. I'm like, all right, all right. I follow, I follow the older crowds on TikTok. I'm a rebel like that. Yeah. I, everyone is a younger crowd to me. So, you know, it doesn't really matter where I am at my age, but that's okay. I'm, I'm here to be your elder. I'm fine with that. Oh, so a thing that I think about, and I, I don't know what I think or feel about this. So this is unresolved. Mm -hmm. uh, my murder mystery, I set out to write a murder mystery that reflected my lived experience more closely. A thing about murder mysteries is um, I had read a lot of very good, interesting murder mysteries, but they were often completely unrelatable to my life. They were set in a manor house or they were, you don't know, uh, an exotic Egyptian archaeological dig, Ooh. which is great. They were wonderful to read. I love them all, but they didn't relate to my lived experience. So I wrote a murder mystery that contains people 
that look like me and the people that I grew up with. And that that's going to be interesting. <laughs> That'll be interesting to see how that goes. <laughs> and also there's some other, uh, it's LGBTQ plus and it's really LGBTQ plus. It's not just, there's not just one character. <laughs> so we'll find out how that goes. And it's a murder mystery. It's realistic. Um, it's realistic. It's like yeah. the people, the people in your circle, you know, you yeah. look around you and you go, Hey, we don't all look the same. Mm -hmm. So when they portray us in a movie, I hope we don't all look the same. But anyway, <laughs> I'm pretty you sure know. you'll make sure of that. <laughs> Ooh, I hope so. But, but I didn't write this book going, Ooh, I want to break the law or, Ooh, yeah. I want to crush expectation. Yeah. And I certainly not one time said, I want to shock people. It's sort of the opposite. I wanted to make it more realistic. I wanted to make it honest in a way that you see people have different lived experiences, friends. And if mm -hmm. your lived experience looks more like the Egyptian archaeological dig, God bless you. I honor your experience, but my experience doesn't. And that's what I have to work with. Those are the tools that I've been given. So I'm just bringing a little bit of Robin into a murder mystery series hey. that in the future, I'd also like to mention it is a little feminist. There are no females injured in this murder mystery. <laughs> write that, write that down folks. <laughs> write that down. I wouldn't expect anything less from you, Robin. And <laughs> as the series goes on, they are just mysteries. There is no more murder. There is no more murder or violent crime. I thought of some really good mysteries, actually. I have the Ooh. next four or five books uh, plotted, plotted out, mapped out, oh, where there are really okay. compelling mysteries with a lot of layers, but no one is violently injured, which I think is a shift that would benefit mystery as a genre and maybe thrillers as well. Maybe we don't always have to be violent to be interesting because if you read a middle grade book, it's fascinating, but they're not allowed that crutch, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's a crutch. Sometimes that's somebody's lived experience that they want to share in a book. I honor that completely. But if we have a choice, sometimes maybe we could also write just a mystery where the victim is money. <laughs> Hey. Or the victim is property or the victim is, you hey. know, something else, right? There you so, go. I'm you pretty know. sure that will shock some folks too because they're like, oh, what? You mean the target was destroyed? No! <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I try to remind myself to say it's a mystery series, not a murder mystery. It's a mystery series. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I mean, so you're going outside of the box in that genre. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that's gonna, it, it may shock some people. But I mean, like you said, and like we said, in number 34, there's room for all of us, there is literally room for all of us. And we honor your experience. Um, and we will honor others experience and how that translates into their art. I mean, Ab. Hey, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. We're all here and it's all okay. <laughs> and it's all okay that we're not little cookie cutters. I think that's a gift. Yes. It's, it's a gift if you appreciate it, of course. It's a gift that we're different. We're interesting. We're quirky. We're idiosyncratic. It's all a gift. Yes. It's all a gift and we can just enjoy it. And yeah. you know, 
you had me thinking because we were just talking about community in the last episode, right? And um, and it's like there, there's we're individuals, yet we're very much the same. And, and I don't and I don't know if if that is that can be explained, you know, with with more nuance because it's it's like. I think we we all have so many similarities that sometimes we discount. And I think that's why sometimes we separate from one another or we we form different groups or so forth because we just we we focus so much on our differences um, as opposed to what we're similar, what we have in common. Um, but at the same time, then those small right, those, those small pieces of us that makes us us is I call it that spark um, that that makes us that person that we are. And, um, and we have that as well. And I think when we lean on that, and then we lean on our similarities, then we able to gel together um, as human beings as a community. And, um, and if we look at ourselves that way, and I hate it that I'm on a soapbox right now, maybe we wouldn't be thinking about banning books, because then we will be able to appreciate um, that coming from others. And we wouldn't be so fearful of it because I think banning, I think that stems from a fear of the unknown. Because remember, we just said like some of these people that are banning it, they haven't even read the book yet. You can preach anytime you want. I really appreciate <laughs> that. I was like, did I go too deep? Was that too deep? That's too much. It was not too deep. It was <laughs> lovely. Also, I appreciate not being the only one on a soapbox. <laughs> Hey, can I just tell you, I'm looking at my at my library right now. That's why I'm, I sound a little far away because I have my head tilted uh, to my library behind me. And I love it that I have um, Speak and true, Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian. Another. I, I didn't even know I did that, but I love it that they're both together right there on Aww. the bottom shelf of my library. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm so I proud of myself. Oh. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Hey, are any of your kids readers? Yes. So <gasps> lucky. I know. Yeah. So uh, my son, my my womb son, that's how I call him. Uh, he he is a reader. He enjoys manga uh, mm. uh, more. But he is a reader. It, it's just so it was something that I, I set out to to do to make sure I read it. I read. I read to him in my belly. I read to him when he came out. Um, and, and all this stuff, we did the little Einstein, um, and then the little books and all of that, just because reading is such a big part of my life that I wanted, um, him to appreciate it as well. Um, but in the end, he leaned into the genres that were more him that he enjoyed the most. I'm, I'm not going to push him into, you know, the genres that I like, you know, yeah. I let him decide that, but I, I wanted him to have an appreciation for, um, reading and books. So Yes. And then my other little ones, when they come over here, I have their own little library of, of books. And I also send them books um, to where they are in Hawaii as well. So that way they can they can appreciate a, a good story. And um, yeah, and then we discuss it. Uh, me and Chloe, we talk, when she was here, we will talk about the story, uh, kind of like how we would talk about a show, like a telenovela, you know, and um, just make it fun because um, I want them to appreciate that. You know, I think it's important. I love that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I read to my little rascals. 
and I bought them all the books. They had a little, you know, they had books downstairs and books upstairs so that, you know, books were always close by. Yeah, yeah. But I think they both kind of rebelled against me. And because I really love reading and was always reading, uh, they don't read. But one thing they do is they talk about happy memories uh, at night before bed. This is when they were a little bit older. We would read chapter. I would read chapter books to them, uh, like the Sharon Creech stories and stuff like that. Yeah. And they have very happy memories of that. So I'm hopeful that in time, you know, in time, they will perhaps return to an enjoyment of reading. Not because I want them to be like me or I need them to be like me, but just because reading is just so rich and enjoyable. They're both kind of busy right now with school and stuff. I'm not yeah. supposed to say anything. So I'm in trouble already. But, uh, you know, so they don't have a lot of time for like leisure, but that I can say. But when uh, when they have more time for leisure, I hope they will be able to enjoy reading just because it's so rich and wonderful and you can always take it with you everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And even if um, the, the whole textual, physical reading is not for them, um, some people later on in life, they get into audiobooks too. Mm. So, you know, and you still get to enjoy that story, that storytelling um, factor that is part of books you know so mm -hmm. yeah you never know and they have youtube and that's another you know side of storytelling as well that's more visual and and things of that nature so yeah i think there's hope i i hope so i hope so <laughs> joa as we wrap up an episode mm -hmm. i like to sometimes check in on earlier chats that we've had yeah for, for updates <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> Recently, we had a small conversation about perhaps certain drinks available at certain locations. Oh, <laughs> have you had any more certain drinks at certain locations? Oh, God. <laughs> have you returned? No, I have not. I have not returned. I was very close to returning this week, Ooh. but it's not, that episode is still in the back of my mind. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to go back. And, um, and my reasoning behind that choice is it's, it's several, right. I'm trying to be a little bit more frugal, um, in this year. And, mm. um, and also I don't want to be disappointed again. Like I was last time. That's like a big fear for me. If, if something burned me once, like I'm so scared to be burned again. And, um, and then the third two is it's embarrassment in there because I, I wasn't very proud of the way that I acted. I think I could have handled that a little bit better, um, but I didn't. And and like I said, we're all imperfect. We're all um, learning, green and growing, and that's okay. I accept that mistake and um, I've forgiven myself. So um, so it's okay. But I mean, that's still in the back of my mind. And um, yeah, so no, I haven't gone. However, one of my coworkers volunteered to go there and uh -oh. I cash apped her some money and then she did get me some. Not from that location, oh. from another location. So I ended do up you, having a beverage, but not going there myself. Do you do you have more than one location there? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. This is Are like you, you, you really gonna think like this is kidding like a me? spa. <laughs> no. We have I really two, do think it's a spa. The name also <laughs> name does kind of lend itself to that uh, yeah friends yeah we do have you to know 
that is like, okay. okay. <laughs> I, first of all, I think it's fine <laughs> to have a bad day. I really do. And I, yeah. that situation would have plucked at my strings too. So mm, I'm with you. But <laughs> what if you, this is just a food for thought mm -hmm. because obviously I wasn't there and I don't know everything about like the history of you going there and I, I don't know all that. This is a random food, food for thought. Mm -hmm. uh, one time I was having a terrible day and I had to go pick something up for someone else who was really causing me a lot of trouble at the time. <laughs> and you know, when you have to do an errand for somebody who is really making your life hard, it doesn't make you filled with joy sometimes. Yeah. So I, I came in with some baggage. I came in with a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. And a very nice young person helped me out and helped me to get that stuff. But I wasn't Mary Sunshine to them, right? Yeah. I was like, I was about to just, as a kettle, just like, you know, brrr, uh -huh. go off. So anyway, uh, and he said the greatest thing to me. He said to me, it seems like you're having a hard time. It's going to be okay. Oh, what? Are you kidding me? And then I felt so embarrassed. That would have made so me cry. I, I like, I rushed, I, I like threw money on the counter and just rushed <laughs> off because it was like all too real. You know, it was like too real. It was like he saw me, right? Yeah. So, but that was a place I had to go all the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I lived in a tiny, 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 tiny town. And so later I came back and I was like, I, I didn't know how to, I wanted to have like a white flag or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I came back and I brought, this is going to sound so crazy, but like there was a, what do you call it? Like a coffee shop, like two doors down from this store. There was a coffee. It's that kind of place where there's like four stores and that's all there is in the whole town. Yeah, yeah. So uh, two I know doors what down, about. there were like these homemade chocolate chip cookies, those giant chocolate chip cookies mm -hmm. that are wrapped. Mm -hmm. So I got a little chocolate chip cookie. I brought it in a little bag. I wrote, I'm sorry, on the front of the bag. <laughs> this is so sad. And then I walked in. I handed him the bag. And I was like so embarrassed. <laughs> I like basically turned and walked away. <laughs> but guess what? After that, we were like very friendly. Yeah. Because I saw him all the time. Yeah. And yeah. after that, we were like. And we never talked about it. I mean, like, it's a store, you know, it's kind yeah, of awkward. Yeah. But um, but after that, it just like eased the tension. So I'm just saying chocolate chip cookies work. I'm just yes. saying. <laughs> now, now I'm thinking of that or a muffin because we do have other stores around there. Maybe go grab something and be like, I'm sorry. I was such a jerk. Yeah. Because we've all, that's the thing. We've all done it. We've all been there, you know? Yeah. We've all been there. And um. Just build, build a bridge, I guess. Build a bridge. And then yeah. they'll be your bestie and give you better service. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, we should just give openly with no, just give openly with open hands and open hearts and we want nothing in return. Now, in exciting news, friends, here's some news. Do -do 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 news from El Paso. Joa. It actually snowed. It actually it snowed. Yes. And I, I, I put it on my Instagram after it happened um, because it, it snowed during my no social media day. Um, but yeah, so it, it snowed here. We had we had a weather warning and everything. It was um, Wednesday night. We had a weather warning. And, and you can tell to the clouds. And, and, you know, I've lived in Massachusetts like Robin. 
And um, and you can feel it, right? Because the air gets mm -hmm. a little bit more humid. The clouds have a, a specific gray tint to them. And they just, they look fluffier. Like they just holding on to all the liquid and churning it into snow, right? And they're just waiting for the perfect time for it to drop. And, um, and, and yeah, so I could tell as soon as I went to my car um, after work on Wednesday that it was, it was going to happen. And I felt it in my ears. That's also a, a thing that I've developed in Massachusetts. And sure enough, I woke up. We had a late work call the next day because of it. Uh, schools were closed too and all of that. Um, just because we're not used to snow in El Paso. El Paso is a very warm town. We are the very last town in Texas, right? Um, um, next to Mexico. So it's, the south. Yeah, they're yes, very far south. Yes, very far south. So we we get we don't get that. That's that's rare for us to get it. And so when it happens, people don't know how to drive and, and accidents happen. So um, that's why it's sometimes they delay schools or they just close schools for that day. And it was great because I saw in the news how kids um, had a uh, little fun in the snow, you know, because they rarely get it here. Um, so it was it was joyful. And I got to come in a little later. So that means I wrote more that morning, um, you know, and I was able to ride my Peloton um, that morning and everything and get a good workout in before I left. And um, that was amazing. I, I worked it out to my benefit. <laughs> you had a fun grown-up snow day. <laughs> I did. That was my fun grown-up snow day. And I had breakfast with, with my husband, which I Aww. never do because, you know, I leave the house at five in the morning. So, yeah, no, it was amazing. I loved it. Oh, I love that very much. <laughs> that was my snow day. I'm very jealous. I don't know if you know this, but I am desperate to have snow. Desperate. No, you haven't had it, huh? Not a lick. And I think, frankly, I'm the problem. You oh, know? no. <laughs> no, no. But you know when you, sometimes you look, you know, you look, maybe this is like superstition. Maybe. <laughs> When you're looking out the window every day and you're always desperate and hopeful for snow, it's oh, like you scare the snow away, yeah, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. we don't get a lot of snow here, but <laughs> I just, I want, I don't know why, oh. I'm desperate for snow. So, oh, Robert, we'll you're such a kid at heart. Whenever you say things like that, I just imagine <laughs> your, your kid self looking out the window and then just like, you know, just looking so intently at the clouds and be like, snow, <laughs> snow, snow now, you know, and then you come back and just to see if it happens, you know, and then go and then come back again. It's like, <laughs> it is accurate. Every day I wake up in the morning, I throw open the window, <laughs> disappointed, <laughs> disappointed again. Gosh, that is it. so funny. Hey, I have more news for you. So, um, I told my husband what you said about uh, New Year's and how, you know, we shouldn't uh, vacuum or, or anything like that, right, for the first two weeks and things so that way we don't wipe away our luck. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I told him after we recorded the, the last, you know, the last podcast last Saturday, and, um, and he was like, he looked at me, he shook his head because I'm a little OCD when it comes to, like, if I feel like <laughs> a little grain of sand on my foot. And it's like, I just, I do the whole house. And, um, and then he was like, I have no problems with this. I was like, but I know somebody who will. And he looked at me. I was like, what do you mean? 
So now I have chanclas, I have socks. I'm like, we are going to make it to two weeks. I just won't <laughs> touch the floor with my bare feet at all. So just wanted oh, to gosh. share that with you. Thank you for bringing <laughs> luck into our household. My husband says, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Friends, this is, I am a very, I celebrate the Lunar New Year in a way that is not just traditional. It is kind of like historical or ancient. <laughs> if you talk to young people, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? So we don't cut our hair because then you cut your luck. We don't vacuum because then you sweep up all your luck. Uh, we eat, did you eat something sticky? Yes. You have to appease the, thank God. Yes. You have to eat some sticky candy because you appease the kitchen God. Yes. Um, like I said, ancient. We follow like, your lead, Robin. We follow ooh, your lead. Yeah. I told I, my husband everything you said. Oh my God. I love that. So happy. Tell, please tell him I say happy Lunar New Year. I will. Do you know you. what year he was born in? Yes. Like, 1973. Uh, oh, but is that, is that. Uh, I was thinking of the Chinese horoscope. Yeah. So 1973, yeah. because we're I know, in a I'm water. I'm a rooster. I know that. 1973. Yeah. Let's find out. Let's find out. What animal that might be. Ox. Oh, that is so him. Oh, look He's at such this. an ox. But friends, it was a water ox year 1973. And as you all know, this is a water tiger year. Oh, oh this is very good. This will be a calm, lovely year for him. Oh, I that is. Oh, Robin, another thing to share. Do you know? Um, it was so sweet how he said it. He was like, I think this is working. I found $1 on the floor when I when I, he went to the store, the hardware store here, I was like, yay, it's working. We're getting lucky. <laughs> I think I love your husband. <laughs> oh my God, he fun. is amazing. He is amazing. Yeah. Love. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love that. Yeah. Yes, I just had to share that with you. So that Thank way you. Know. Let's credit everything to that because it is still <laughs> the Lunar New Year mm -hmm. until the, the 15th will be the Lantern Festival yes. and that marks the end of the, and we'll have the big full moon, obviously. Yes. And that marks the end of the celebration. But, oh, I love that so yeah. Yeah. much. I love that. Yeah, so it's I working. That. We'll keep the house on vacuum. It's okay. We'll be okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if you can make it another 10 days. I, oh, this is interesting. I'm I would like to make try. a bet. <laughs> try. You can do it. You can do it. I love that. I love that so much. Friends, if you would like to share how you celebrate the Lunar New Year, we would be tremendously interested. I would love At to At the know. bottom of the show notes, please, there is a link where you can leave us a voice message. Ooh, send us a voice message. Tell us how you celebrate the Lunar New Year. We will be curious. And don't worry if you don't celebrate it like me because I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Um, nothing wrong with okay. that. You're special. Oh, uh, yes. I am special. <laughs> I am special. You're a special soul. A special soul. Boop, boop, boop. So this mm. week, Joa, mm -hmm. in our last few minutes yes. together today, tell us what you have planned for the near future. Ooh, I have so many things planned. So I am um I I have Mrs. Frenchie's Evil Ring and the six months that changed everything, a middle grade book, um, with the editor right now. And then so I plan on 
once she hands that back to me, fixing those edits and then doing um, line edits after that and then uh, proofreading after that. And um, so that way I can publish that book under Have a Cup of Johanny Press, which is my LLC. And then I'm also working on um, finishing up my book proposal for Dun, dun, dun. And I thank Robin for this because she um, she helped me see how this could be beneficial, that, not just to me, but also to others that may gain something from it. Um, so I'm working on that on the book proposal for my memoir from uh, for my uh, what I call it a memoir. Not really. Right. More like a, a business inspirational book of things that I've lived and things that I learned. Right. Leadership, business, um, things like that. Yeah, a very innovative leadership guide. And yeah. I mean, a whole different way of thinking about leadership and enacting leadership mm -hmm. that is very powerful. Yeah, with a humanistic twist, because I yes. just, just like when you're leading human beings, I mean, the, the human factor obviously goes into play. So it, it's, it's, it's a balance of sorts. And it's also it's a mind and a physical balance to to challenge yourself to look at the people that you're leading as people and uh, with all those differences that they have as well as all the similarities um, that we have so um so yeah so i've written that um for my mfa program um, when i did the nonfiction class that was my last assignment for that class so that's that's one of the things that i've written already and that's something that i'm i'm working on so that way i can query it with um, hopefully this awesome agent that will accept it that um, Robin gave me her name. And uh, and then I'm also drafting uh, another middle grade book as well. So, yeah. Friends, as someone who was employed for years in corporate America, where getting screamed at is socially acceptable in yes. a meeting, on the phone, uh, just, you know, because it's Tuesday, this leadership book really is both a roadmap and an inspiration. Joa's leadership book is a roadmap and an inspiration for a whole different system. Not just, oh, don't yell at people, okay? <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's not that. And it's based on Joa's lived experience. Like, mm -hmm. and you know, we're all cute and nice talking about books here, but you know that <laughs> Joa's like hardcore in her day job, right? Look up her day job, friends. Look up her day job. Don't cross her. Don't cross her. So I, I can't wait. I think that's a very important book. And I really feel like the world needs that book. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. very serious about that. So yeah. I, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Her in any way I can, you know, that's what we should do, friends, in the writing community. You see a book that really needs to come to the forefront, you support it. Whether yeah. it's a stranger's book, a friend's book, a band book, it doesn't matter. Support it. And there's so many ways to support it. Take it out of the library, read it, write a review, read it to your kids. Whatever way you feel comfortable with is the right way for you. Mm -hmm. And let me share something before I ask you what you're doing for um, the upcoming week. And that, so something that you may not know is that Robin sent me an email with a preface, don't be mad at me. And, um, <laughs> and I opened it and in there it had, um, the query letter, uh, of, of this book, you know, um, so that way I can have that. And, um, 
and that pushed me, you know, that pushed me because, um, so for me, and this is something that I explained to Robin, there's no way I could have been mad, um, at that. I was absolutely overjoyed and I, I felt so loved because acts of service is my love language. So when somebody does something for me to, to help me out, to, um, for my betterment, it really, it touches my heart because that's somebody that is speaking not only my love, love language, but it's telling me that, um, they want me to do better. And, um, and to me, that is so selfless. And I appreciate that. And um, so in case you didn't know that about Robin, there you go in a nutshell in a small snippet of, of something um, that she did that may be something that may have been minor, but to me, it was just tremendous. It, it, it just it made that whole day, it just made my world a little bit better that day. Um, and Please, okay, if you can do something good for somebody, do it because you just you don't know how how that may change that person's perspective on that minute that day. It may even change their whole world, their whole outlook. So if you have a chance to do something good for somebody, do it. Now, Robin, how was your week? How is your week? <laughs> no, I can't talk. <laughs> um, it was fine. <laughs> What do you have planned for next week? Um, so, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was getting teary next week, so I had to cut it short because I don't want to. I don't want to cry. <laughs> I thought that was a secret, <laughs> but that's good. It is. It is true. If you can do something lovely for someone, please do it. And so now I'm going to tell Andrea. Here we go. <laughs> no, 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 no. Tell us about your upcoming week. What are you doing? Uh so. Uh, Not okay. about your children, because, you know, we don't want them to get no, mad at you. Mm, that's got to be like, you know, secret. Ooh, <laughs> top secret, high priority. I don't know why, but okay. So I accept the parameters with which I am given. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> um, in my coming week, I am going to, I'm working on a book cover for oh. if you've seen my upside up updated website, I almost said my upsided web date. <laughs> if you've seen my updated website, which is so easy for me to say, uh, I have a little I give a piece of the blurb of my new book, which is a mystery. And I'm working on the book cover. And gosh, golly, it's hard to see I'm 227 so I can get away with those expressions <laughs> like gosh golly gosh golly, golly. <laughs> back in my day it's the so I created that expression by the way anyway <laughs> uh so it's a little challenging because I have written a series of mysteries the first one includes a murder but the rest do not and so I don't want it to look too bloody they're not mm -hmm. exactly cozy mysteries because they're not, because they're not, it's more like a traditional <laughs> mystery. But again, I'm trying to find the right cover that shows that it's a mystery. There's a puzzle to solve, but it's mm. not violent, um, which I think is kind of important. I'm, I'm trying to put out a book that I would like to read, right? Yes. That is a good mystery to solve, but not violent. So that's one thing yeah. I'm working on. I am working, allow me to tell you the name of my book cover designer. <gasps> It is Saffron Amadi. Yeah. If she was on our podcast, mm -hmm. she's a really talented writer and she's a really talented book cover designer. You can find her on Instagram at saffron.amati. Amati has two T's. Oh, 
Oh, I can't yeah. wait to see it. Oh my goodness, that's gonna be amazing. Mm-hmm. And she's very patient. Thank, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> she is a sweetheart. Yeah. Oh, she she really and she's so talented. I can't even tell you. Her books are a dream. Yes. So I'm working on that. And 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 mm-hmm. I am working on. So I send out my January newsletter, and I said I gave five. <laughs> this is. This is such an us problem, Joa. You're going to relate so much. I gave little snippets of five books that I have, you know, completed sitting on my shelf. Yay. Which one should I publish next? It was the question. And I gave these snippets and they decided they chose a, it's like, what I've learned in my 227 years, like an advice book, but make it funny, right? Oh, yes. And frankly, I realized that I do have some counterintuitive advice. You do. I do. Um, And so I'm kind of writing that little by little. I have a sort of a master list of some points, but I'm trying to write it the way that I wrote you know, don't drink the bathroom water. Oh my God. Uh, yes. A nonfiction. That's an, a guide to Ireland, right? With your humor. Is, oh, I would destroy yeah. that book in a good way. I will devour it. Oh, exactly. yes. Yeah. And very lighthearted, but with some sincere advice and some honesty. I like a little honesty about, you know, it's what I did right, but it's what I did wrong. It's what mm-hmm. I could have done better. It's what I learned later. Because one thing I find very true is that. We don't always communicate. There's not always the best, best communication between mm-hmm. the much older of us, right? Mm-hmm. And the much younger of us. And mm-hmm. I think the much younger of us would have more hope. Yes. If we could bridge that communication gap. And so part of this is I just want to give the gift of hope to younger people. And even if they don't follow my advice, ultimately, that's not the point. The point is to inspire them that sometimes things go terribly wrong, like beyond what you could have ever imagined. <laughs> and yet still you continue and still something will bloom. Mm-hmm. Something will bloom no matter what. So this book will be full of like love and good energy and, uh, you know, little dots of humor and little dots of quirkiness because yes. it's just in my DNA. <laughs> yeah, it's you. I can see myself laughing out loud reading this book. This is amazing. Oh, thank you. I can't wait. Yeah. And it's a fun project to work on, you know, while I kind of do the more businessy mm-hmm. publishing aspect of my yeah. mystery, which I believe is going to be titled Related dot, 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 by murder. Do, do, do. Related by murder. Oh. <laughs> is such an ominous title, but it's not, the murder is not really the, the murder is the center of the story, but then it's also a vehicle for just wonderful everything, a book club, authors, mm-hmm. everything. There's not that much talk about writing, but Oh, and just... can I just say what a difference those three dots made on yes! that title? I mean, that yes. made all the difference. It Who would really have known? Did. Mary. <laughs> I really owe Mary. Mary Violet, who <gasps> is on Instagram. Oh, I know. I follow her. Yes. She's so I'm sweet. Gonna, let's thank oh, her in the goodness. show notes. Because yes. My God. I didn't think of those three dots. In fact, how did that never occur to me? It's always like that, though. You never think, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, what if I added three dots? But the three dots do save it and they make it 
perfect. So thank mm-hmm. you, Mary. Mary listens to the podcast. Thank you, Mary. Yay. I really appreciate that, Mary. You really helped me out. Mary is a voracious reader. Mary is who I dream I can be one day. Yes, she my, is. Yeah. My reading goal on Goodreads is like, I think my reading goal is like, I don't want to tell a lie, but it might be 30 books. <laughs> and Mary's goal is like 120. What? Last year, I think I might, this might not be perfectly accurate, but it's very representative. I believe her reading goal was like 120 books and she read like 140 or 150. She is a great reader. I aspire to be like Mary. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yes. And she is my 13 Violet Reads on Instagram. At my 13 Violet Reads. And we will put it in the show notes Mm because we appreciate you, Mary. Mm -hmm. We We appreciate you, Mary. Thank you very much. Thank you. I love that. (gasps) Friends. Yes. Now it's time. <gasps> that was a very good gasp. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time <laughs> for Joe and I to save the world. One book at a time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.